دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی خواستن روی زمین گشت سرداراز بود به توی دروازه سرداراز بود گل به نام آزمون و برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فر محمد کدو اونجا هستن یه سال خیلی بلند برو دعوات تو بیرون نرفته به ایرامت شده تو بیل کرد گول برای لبنان تو بیرون نرفته بود و بیل کردیم کمرانی بلند از همین لبنان تو که باسم دور شد یه داره اونجا هلوی اشتباه کرد باسه ملی پوشا سردار یه گول یه گول برای ایران یک یک مصابه میکنه کارا سردار چه زمانی به یه بار دیگه کده موفق وعید امیری گل دوم سردار میزنه بود دفاع برخورد کرد دوباره برگشتی ایران دو لبدان یک ایران دو لبدان یک نور اللهی دوازنه باز کرد Welcome to Gobozan Podcast. I'm Ari Aloverdi. I'm joined by Peshman Pars and Sahan Salari. Guys, how are you both doing? What's up, guys? It's all good. Nice to talk to you once again. Uh, all good here. Thanks for having me on again, Arya. Fantastic. Today's episode, we'll, we'll be analyzing the Iran versus Lebanon match, which ended 2-1 to Team Meli. Goals coming from Sadar Osman and Ahmad Nurullahi. After that... Um, we'll preview the Iran versus Syria match to be played on Tuesday at the King Abdullah II uh, Stadium in Amman, Jordan. Before we start, though, I want to discuss the statement the national team players put out on Instagram collectively. Um, I'll read it just so that if anyone didn't see it or anyone didn't see our tweet that we translated it on, on Twitter, I'll just read it very quickly. They all put, We, the players of the national team, with all the strength and power and with your support, the honorable people of Iran, became victorious in this round without defeat. In terms of logistics, we are not supported as much as, as much as clubs. We have been wearing old clothes for a year and we have to wear them again after, every time after washing. During this trip to, to Lebanon, we faced many problems, including training ground, but there were no proper protests from the Federation officials. Contrary to the promises, the national team players have not received the rewards after several months. Since the ascent in Bahrain, there, have, there has been no news of the country's sports officials. Our victories have become normal to them, and instead of supporting us, they have completely forgotten about us. This situation is not a suitable uh, for a team that is at the top of Asian rankings and is preparing for the World Cup. Sahan, is it acceptable? Uh, no, and I don't think it's been acceptable for a long time. I think that for some years, we kind of got used to constant uh, squabbling between uh, Kairosh and the Federation. And I think some people in Iran were... Even at some stage, we're saying stuff like, no, why is this guy always complaining? Or, 
you know, why doesn't he just shut up and coach and like stuff like that. But I think it's pretty telling that he did that um, because it needed to be done. And even compared to that time, uh, we have more, I think, capabilities now. We have like a, a world uh, level training center, at least in Tehran for the team. But still, there's like so much that's not being provided. Um, but we haven't heard about it for like the past few months. You know, it's been it's been sort of mentioned by some of the players, but in general, it's been kind of swept under the rug. The people who are on the part of the technical staff now, Skocic included, they seem to not be willing to take on the federation to get what the players deserve. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, from a translation to a technical perspective on the field, um, it obviously has the potential to cause a lot of problems, uh, especially when you know a few results don't go our way. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if the the team and the staff and everybody is really together when it seems like the players seem to have to take on uh, certain battles on their own. Um, I think uh, Sahan did a good job of like summarizing the, the whole thing. And to, the question is, that what are we going to do about it? Uh, will anything change? Probably like they used to do, they will give them uh, some money, some attention, and uh, everything goes back to normal. Because at the end of the day, uh, all these players, they know that they're really close to the World Cup. And I don't think they will have like a boycott or something. Um, so they will probably, after they've been 100% qualified for the World Cup, demand something. And the Federation will probably say that, yeah, we will get money from FIFA because we qualified. And then say, oh, look, if the money stuck uh, somewhere due to uh, the sanctions, so it's somebody else's fault. And uh, the story keeps uh, going on and on like this forever. I think like also more than, I mean, obviously we know that there's financial issues and issues with sanctions. I don't think anybody's like doubting that. I mean, you know, obviously it's going to be difficult to transfer money or impossible in some cases, but you know, that doesn't excuse things like the jerseys that doesn't excuse things like at least showing the players that you are looking out for them when they're going to these hostile environments, that you're making sure that, okay, these players, they need to be practicing at least for these two training sessions on a grass field that's of some standard. You know, they shouldn't have to play on some like uh, low quality turf field, risking injuries, you know, just to uh, substandard uh, like dangerous conditions just so they can, come play two games for the national team. And if it's not possible to arrange certain things, I think that showing the players that, you know, you're looking out for them and you have their best interests at heart, that's how to build a kind of totally unified and cohesive national team and, you know, staff. Everybody around the team and staff has to be supporting and looking out for each other. And I think the players feel like somewhat abandoned, um, which for some years, at least, you know, they had, um, K. Roche, who was putting always a lot of pressure and making sure they got uh, what they deserved, or at least they were fighting towards that. And I think now they feel quite alone. Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, honestly, what is this? Like, is this a national team? Because I guarantee you there's teams that play Sunday League in England that are better prepared than this. This is ridiculous. It's disgusting, as far as I'm concerned. Because the last, the last point they make in a statement is, we're top in, in Asia. We're 22nd in the world. And there's teams that are 50th in the world. Now, of course, as Sahan said, there's sanctions in the country. There's issues in the country. And we, 
we don't we don't try to downplay that. But these things are tiny. You're gonna you're gonna tell me that you can't afford a couple of jerseys. Are you serious? I mean, like, the jersey thing for me is like one of the weirdest things because it's so silly. I mean, let's just say for the sake of argument that they can't get like an adequate number of jerseys into the country from like manufacturers like Old Sport or Nike or Adidas or whatever. And let's say they don't want to like buy them in bulk and like make them themselves. Okay, fine. There are jerseys, there are kit manufacturers in Iran who make like world standard kits and they do that for multiple sports. I mean, like Meruj is like a sponsor for like 10 different countries in wrestling and including like Germany and stuff. Like they can sort something out for the national team. So at least these players are getting like many uh, changes of kits. They don't have to use the same kit. Like it's so, I don't know why it has to even be like mentioned. Like there's so many different solutions um, and ways to solve it. And every time it seems like there's always this stupid, we, you know, we want to talk about tactical stuff. We want to talk about the team progressing. We want to talk about, you know, new schemes that we're using new players, but instead we, every time, every cycle, we're talking about like the kits. It's really weird. I think it might, must be the only country that has such a fixation and problem just providing like basic supplies. I think, I think pretty much lastly, I, I urge, I urge the people that are in charge to get the fingers out the pockets and try to, to really work because they, they speak, a, they speak a big game, you know, they speak big, but that's not what we want. We want you to work, work a bit. If you're going to speak big, act big as well. You know, and if you can't, I think is like my, my motto has always been, if you can't do something, just admit it. You know what I mean? Just come out and say, listen, guys, we can't do this. I'm sorry. Just admit it. Like, don't be that guy. You know what I mean? Which is the problem that they, they, there's too much ego in the Federation, unfortunately. Right. Moving on to the match. Uh, Iran against Lebanon match ended 2-1 to Iran. Uh, Lebanon scored first. Uh, goal coming from Sunny Saad. Uh, bizarre goal, of course. Then Iran scored their two goals in uh, injury time. Pesh, I want to start with you. Someone go do start this match. Obviously, someone go do the guy we interviewed, a guy we know quite well. However, and we, of course, we'd been vouching for him to start, you know, the, the a game, but he didn't impress. It was probably his his uh, worst game in the national team, uh, which is a it was a pity because he's been struggling to get some minutes. Now that he finally gets some uh, a starting. Uh, uh, get the opportunity to start in an important game after having a good session with Brentford. He he couldn't really find himself. And I mean, uh, we can all ask, ask ourselves why. We can blame the pitch. We can blame maybe that uh, he didn't get the passes he wanted. We can blame that he wasn't able to find other players. But at the end of the day, it was the same pitch for everyone. Uh, I think... I think he he needs to probably just forget about the last game and see what he can pro uh, do better for the next game because he will probably not start against Syria. But let's not forget that Jahan Bakhshi is suspended and Tarmi isn't there, so there aren't that many options, you know, uh, for him. So for Scottish. So someone maybe will, if not start, at least uh, get some minutes in the second half. 
I mean, uh, he he took all the f- uh, corners, right? And Iran had plenty of corners, and most of them that he took, they weren't good enough, and the ones that were good that actually came into the box, none of the Iranian players were there threatening the goalkeeper, so they were a waste anyhow. So, and he got subbed early in the second half, uh, and. I think he, you can clearly see that he wasn't happy with it. So, and I think he should, uh, and I think he should be not happy about himself rather than like the, the change or the manager or the tactics or whatever. And uh, he's a professional, so he will bounce back. Uh, and he's, he and the rest of the team are already thinking about the game that's uh, ahead of them. And hopefully he can, he can, uh, get more minutes because I think he's nearly in the national team. But against uh, Lebanon, it wasn't just his day. Yeah, I just want to say something. I feel like people are still going to bash him because people are there's, there's a lot of like divide of someone. Some people say someone should always start. Some people say that he shouldn't start because maybe he thinks he's a little bit lazy. I think there is that with him. Sometimes you can see that he's a little bit lazy sometimes and maybe he's not the kind of player you want him to be, you know, because is that always that Ashman Dejargah comparison. But sometimes you're like, wow, this guy is amazing. He should be starting. Sahan, what do you, why do you think he didn't perform well? I mean, first of all, I think that someone has had good games recently with the national team. I mean, he came on against Bahrain when we were losing or whatever, tied. And we were that was probably the worst half uh, of football, even worse than this half that we showed. Um and that we've seen in the national team for many years. And he came on and totally changed the game. And we won 3-0. And he was brilliant. And in the next round, you know, when he came on against Iraq in our 3-0 win, he was also very, very good. And he took the sting out of the Iraqi game, allowed us to keep possession better, made goal-scoring opportunities. And so I think he played good there. And I think he had a bad game uh, against Lebanon. And I don't think he was alone. I think the whole team was pretty horrible in the first half. But I don't really, you know, agree about this thing about him being lazy or so. I mean, he's probably one of our fittest players, actually. Um, If we look at, you know, what he's doing in the Premier League and he's getting now good minutes and affecting games, uh, competing with players who are like starters for the Danish national team or Nigerian national team. So, I think from a fitness perspective, he can hold his own against Lebanon. I don't know if that's uh, the key issue. But I think there is, you know, um, I personally think that he suffers a little bit in this current arrangement where it's clear the coach doesn't really trust him. And I think he's doing like a little bit too much sometimes on the field when he gets a chance, like in this game. And then when it doesn't come off, he, he's sort of panicking a little bit because he he feels like, you know, if I don't take this chance, like I'm not going to play for like another like three games. And given our midfield options, I don't really think that that's the right approach to take with him because he's our, definitely our technically most capable midfielder. He's playing at the highest club level of any of our players on a regular basis. Uh, he's playing well over there when he gets the chances uh he's affecting games i mean somebody who can affect a game versus chelsea should be able to affect the game you know versus lebanon or syria so i think that um uh, we definitely need to get more out of him and also i would say that there's like a knee-jerk reaction 
uh, like when he has a bad game, it's like, oh, this is why he should never start. But I mean, how many bad games has somebody like uh, Ahmed Nurullah he had in the national team? How many bad games uh, did somebody like Bayron Vant have in the national team before? How many bad games has somebody like Taremi when he started with the national team? You know, for a couple of years, he was, you know, a lot of people were calling for him to be uh, replaced and many other players too. I mean, John Bash has been subpar for many games now, too, you know, so I don't think it's fair to say, you know, that he doesn't deserve more chances or this shows like he doesn't need more minutes. I think that the best way um, to move forward is to realize that, yeah, we need this player. We need to get more out of him because we don't have any similar profile in the squad. The midfield is weak at keeping possession uh, and creating steady supply of chances for the forwards. And um, if he's not going to start, I think he should at least be getting regular minutes every game to try and get in sync. And I think that's basically the only way around it because eventually his quality is going to shine through, basically. One thing I want to point out that I think is good to to have a little bit of praise for the coach. It's not always good to criticise the coach, especially when you do something right. Uh, And I think the good thing that came out of this game for Scottish was that he made a really good change uh, and as you mentioned, he actually took Salman Qudus off and he brought on uh, Milad Bahamadi and he put Vaid Amiri into midfield. And that's basically what created the, the, the two goals, you know, and won us the game. So credit to Skocic for that. Definitely credit to Skocic for that. And I think I would, I would also keep in mind, like not to discredit him because he saw the issue sure. and he made the change. Of course. But in the last game, he also had to do the same yes, thing. exactly, exactly. So That's how many times... I mean, it's clear that Vahida Amiri is not a left-back. I mean, he's just not. Exactly. And it's clear that the team, whether Kodus is in the team or even with Kodus out of the team, whatever the situation is with the other players in the midfield, they all play better when Vahida Amiri is next to them. So he needs to be... That's my I mean, point. What, why should we waste 50 minutes a game and wait until, you know the team has no ideas and it's just sending long balls into the box yeah. to my then point, waste a sub and bring him in. My point is, it's like, it's how many times do we have to, to, to do this? You know, why do we have to go 60 minutes playing like this before making a change that can impact the game? If you notice it in a different game, why then not implement, implement it in the next game is my point, you know? Uh, because for, for the first half, there was no game plan. And Pejman, I want to come to you because in, in my view, I genuinely think that I was, I was baffled. For me personally, some people maybe not so, but for me, that, that, was, that was embarrassing, the first half. I mean, what, was it really embarrassing? I do agree with Sahan that I think that the game against uh, the first half against uh, Bahrain was worse. Let's not forget that Iran uh, started quite aggressively. They had a lot of position. Uh, they had a lot of shots on towards goal. Not so many clear chances. They didn't let Lebanon do anything, more or less. They got that goal that was quite lucky. Well, a goal is a goal at the end of the day. Um, Iran should have scored, I believe, in, in the first half. Uh, they did. I mean... They did quite decent. I don't think it, it was that terrible, to be honest. And uh, uh, although I don't like to blame the pitch, but I think it's needed because Iran's kind of play we've seen them recently in, in, on the Scottish is that they 
when they, they're, they're a team that they like to have the ball, and they like to use the pitch, and that was quite difficult for some of the players. Like technical players such as Olizade, he, he struggled. He had some good chances and good dribbles, but uh, he, he challenges, but he, he struggled. I think, I don't know how the pitch will be in, 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 in Jordan, but uh, I think... That's no, I don't agree with you that this first half was that bad. I actually had more problems with the second half, actually, because I think after we conceded, I think the team panicked, and I think there was like a 30 to 40 minute stretch where we were just sending in cross after cross after cross with no direction, there was no game plan, there was no structure for okay, we know Lebanon are defending deep, how are we going to break them down? You know, we were just putting in crosses, putting in from minute like 50. And only in the last five minutes of the game, like in injury time, did we really make a couple decent combinations around the box, you know. And there was that one Osmoon chance at some point, one cross hit its target. But in general, I thought there were so many possessions that we just wasted by just putting, you know, stupid balls into the box. And that's, you know, a little bit concerning that it just took a little one conceding one goal against Lebanon and suddenly for yeah. 40 minutes, the players look lost. I think what what's really interesting is you mentioned that we were playing a lot of crosses into the box and and normally you'd have an Osmoon with a Taremi in there, you know, two kind of natural strikers who can get on the end of it. In my opinion, I don't really think Osmoon always, not always, but sometimes Osmoon doesn't have the ability to 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 have the have his full capacity of game when he's playing on his own. I think he always prefers to play with another player next to him. I think he plays better for Zenit when he's got someone like Zuba next to him. Uh, same in Iran with, with uh, Taremi. And I think we did miss Taremi in this game. And I think that look, when I say that when I, well, I want to make something clear, when I say that the first half was embarrassing, it's because look, Lebanon, we when the when the group was the um, when the group was drawn, everyone thought that we'd beat Lebanon quite quite easily. Let's be perfectly honest. We all believe that, right? I'm not I'm not saying we underestimated them, but we did believe we beat them quite comfortably, even in a bad pitch. I still believe we could do that, but we didn't. And I think the reason why I say it's embarrassing is because look, I said it in the previous podcast. If we go into these games, not fully on it, you know, not hundred percent not being, uh, not, you know, either being a little bit complacent or not being 100% switched on, things will go wrong. That goal we conceded, that reminds me of the Japan game. I don't know if you agree. Everyone switched off. Look at the referee. Oh, referee, the ball's out of play. No, 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 it's not. Go. It's the same thing with this one. It happens every time. Bayron Van, look, I'm a big fan of Bayron Van. I think he's a good goalkeeper. But this is part of his game. He needs to start to learn. You know, he's getting to an age now that you're like, it's a bit worrying if he's not learning it. You know, you have to play to the whistle. Everyone knows that. And if he keeps on making these mistakes in key matches, I don't think it's going to be long before a player like Amir Abizadeh comes in and replaces him. You know, because that's a bit worrying in my opinion. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that it seemed, I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like this sort of, situation around Taremi affected them mentally a little bit they potentially yeah potentially. they didn't they didn't look totally focused and ready but I mean this thing about the pitch is like we know the pitch is going to be bad we know that 
So if we're going to like, if we say, okay, our, you know, short passing game is, it might be hard on this pitch. We're going to send in a lot of crosses. Then you need bodies in there. You need people attacking the ball. You need the crosses to be going into certain zones that are predetermined. Like, okay, when you cross from this angle, you need to hit this area and these players need to be there. And it just seemed like, you know, that wasn't the case. It was very random. It hadn't been worked on. I mean, we had, like Pejman mentioned, like 12 corners or something, and not one led to a chance. And some of those deliveries were good. I mean, Kodus had a couple that went to the near post and the guy just kept it out. But some of them were in very dangerous spots and nobody was even close to them. So I think, you know, that's something that, again, I think that the the staff, I mean, you know, the pitch is bad. So what are going to be the solutions? You know, maybe have an, I like you mentioned, Arya. I mean, I think Osmond can play by himself fine if he has a strong a midfield that's actually making him regular chances, but that's not our midfield for sure. You know, any chances that he makes usually are coming from Taremi and you take Taremi out and then you don't put another body next to him. Uh, you know, he looked very yeah. isolated until super late in the game when we finally pushed up the pitch and had players closer to him. One player that did come on in the, in the second half that maybe kind of slightly brought on that type of Taremi uh, physicality was uh, Syed Manish. Pejman, I want to ask you, when he did, when he did come on, do you think we, we, we improved as a team? Oh, and, first of all, I was... sorry, that question comes from uh, at um, SN007007 on Twitter. Sorry, go on. Yeah, first of all, I was really pleased and happy that he got uh, minutes because he's been doing great and he's still a very young player, but his uh, physicality is, is amazing and he's got that um, uh, qualities and uh, that's... I think Iran got better, yeah. I think uh, he, he showed that he really wanted to play. He was basically everywhere. Did a lot of, a lot of runs. Uh, did he create something? Maybe maybe not really. I don't know. I have to maybe see he, see the game again, just focusing on him. But he showed that he's ready for for the big games or ready for, for the big team, for the national team, to be honest. Uh, I would like to see him getting more minutes uh, and uh, you were actually you actually said something good about uh, Osmond being alone up front I ho- totally agree with you I think he he always needs somebody next to him uh, and that's why I wanted to see Syed Manesh from start to be honest or at least Karim Ansari Fad I think that will, would have helped him a lot and Syed Manesh um, to answer your question if Iran got better uh, yeah but was it because of him I think the, the entire team probably uh, wanted the same thing and, and he contributed to that so yeah yeah San, I want to ask you what is Iran's identity right now and I think that's a good question I think that with something we're all wondering we've watched 12 games you know, some better than others I think the best one was like the Iraq game where we had you know some very quick counterattacks. Uh, we those front three were linking up very well but in general, if we compare the first game, first Skocic and this game and the games in between, it's hard, really, really hard to see a progression, to see identity of the team. You know, what is the team good at? What is the team's strength? What is the team looking to do to open up the opposition consistently? What I do see is that for sure he's decreased the defensive uh, requests on Taremi and Osmo 
And he's basically, you know, before Tarim, he used to play on the left where he was quite effective still on the offensive phase and defensive phase. But now it's just like, okay, Tarimi, you're just there with us. You guys hang out up there. Tarimi's coming quite deep. I mean, I don't know. We have to talk about him because this is an overall comment. I know he's not here this game, but, you know, assuming he's going to be back. Um, and the tactic is basically to get him to be the primary playmaker to get Osmond to be a primary playmaker and then to get Taremi and Osmond to be the primary finishers. And so I think there's like a, a lot of reliance on those two. And I think we would be better served potentially trying to develop a, a clear um, supply line for them from the midfield to, so that the midfield can regularly supply them and Taremi doesn't have to come back to the halfway line in every possession. Um but in general, it's very hard to see, you know, where the team is going. You know, I know we're getting results and that is crucial because this, this qualification process is ultimately about getting results. But this is all ultimately leading to a World Cup in one year. So you need to have some things in your play that are going to translate to the World Cup. We don't seem to be as defensively sound. Our uh, positional play doesn't seem to have the same structure to it uh, as before. Uh, oftentimes it looks like, you know, the midfield is like a gaping hole. You know, we still have a lot of issues in certain positions. Left back, I mean, for the past 12 games, we've been saying, okay, left back is an issue. But so far, the only solution was to put Amiri back there and then bring him up to midfield when the midfield plays back. So, you know, you know it's important to win, but I think there needs to be a little more emphasis on th things the team is developing so that it can succeed in future games. And I guess to, to finish off on this, Pejman, I want to just ask you, where do you see a, a performance like this leading to? You know, you know we, we've performed relatively average. If you want to really be, if you really, really want to be positive about it, I'd say it's average at best. Um, and we got two goals last minute. Um, you know, let's be honest. The goals weren't actually too bad. We, we we put the pressure on them. Where do you see this leading to? That's a good question. And once again, I think it was a good uh, some uh, Sahan's uh, uh, answer was really good. Uh, I mean, the the identity of Iran is yet to be found. It's hard to say what kind of tactic does Iran have. Well, and listen, I, I'm not a coach. I'm not a pro so i can't really say it like that it's like that and we should be like this or that uh, that's not my job but uh what can this game lead to uh hopefully that the coach sees the things that we said <laughs> if we think that we're right about the left back about Tarby not being alone up front about how we should deal with the midfield is is that the correct way to to handle like um, having to, it was like a four two three one the way that Kerosh built it uh, it was probably like the first time he Scotch it did it like that in this kind of game you know what I think I think uh, hopefully when Iran qualifies because they will they will qualify. They need to play against better teams. Starting in Asia, playing more games against South Korea, Japan, Australia, you know. Um, those are the ones that Iran need to play against. And before the World Cup, 
playing against much better teams, then we can see how is this Iran team actually doing? We, we, Iran is winning every game, but we're yeah. still not satisfied because the, we don't know how they actually perform. I mean, let's just like, sorry, Arya, for example, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to like keep comparing this team to the 2018 team, but it's basically the same team. I mean, let's be honest. It, Skocic didn't introduce really any new players. Uh, you know, Alahir just played for the first time a couple minutes. Uh, you know, Yasina Salmani doesn't really get minutes. I don't know. Some changes in center back. Okay, but both of these players, Kanoni was around in Kairos's time and was playing in the Asian Cup. Okay, Shoja came in. Uh, Moharami is the main one who took over the right back spot. Uh, but it's just a little bit hard to say exactly what what are the things we're good at. You know, identity before we could say, okay, you know what? Maybe this team is defensive. You know, that's a problem some people had, but they're hard to play against. You know, everybody would tell you this team is hard to play against. They're going to close down the space. They're going to be aggressive in the defensive phase. They're going to press when, you know, when they're close to players, they're going to gang up in certain areas and do like three on one, get the ball back. And then they're going to go for quick transitions. You know, so you might say that's wrong or right, but at least you could say that's what they're trying to do. And that's a little bit, you know, the major issue now is what exactly are we trying to do? It seems very game to game. Uh, Say one thing that is is quite surprising because when 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 he first came in, Skocic, he was chopping and changing formation, and he was trying to be quite experimental. And he was saying in his press conferences, "You know what? You know, one game I want to try four four two, one game I want to try three five two, and he and he did do that. But then it kept happening, and you're like, "Listen, mate, like get to get to the point. Like I get what you're doing, but then what's your end game here? Because now you now you're saying to us you're you're still experimenting, you know, and he kind of still is. There's still kind of changes of formation. Okay, this one was a little bit forced because Taremi wasn't there, but you're still you're still changing the way we play game by game. And look, as coaches, we always say you know you have to approach the game depending on your the opposition team. Of course you do. Yeah, your analysis is very key to how you approach the game. However there has to be an underlying identity within your team that whatever your opponent does, you are still going to play your own game to some extent. And if that doesn't happen, especially from a 22nd ranked team in the world, that's a little bit, little bit worrying, you know, and I expect, as I said, it's on the spaces. All We're not criticizing Skocic for what he's doing for results-wise. We just expect better. Because in my opinion, and you guys can agree or disagree on this, winning against Lebanon, winning against Syria, winning against UAE, winning against Iraq, you know, drawing against South Korea, these are the minimums for me. These are the minimums. I don't think that a 22nd ranked team should be setting lower standards than that. That should be the minimum. But the what we should be aiming for, striving for as a national team that is 22nd ranked in the world, I'll bring it up again, is we should be aiming for for much higher performances. And that comes back to what the players suggested. Yes, lack of preparation, lack of training facilities are good. Okay, but the coaching staff need to do better. I'm not saying they're doing bad, but there's so much they can improve on. And they know it themselves. But the problem is they don't want to admit it which I don't like. I don't like that. And I've always been a fan of someone who's honest. 
And I don't feel like there's a lot of honesty going on from the national team staff. I think if they were more honest with us, I'd like it. I'd be like, you know what? I respect that. But I don't see that bit of honesty from Scottish. You know, he's been a little bit too... Um, he's, not, he's not honest enough. So I'm, 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 I expect more. In case you're wondering why Pejman's not here, it's because he had to leave a bit early. So that, that's the reason why we're not, not ignoring Pejman. He's not here just now. Okay, let's move on to our preview of Iran versus Syria, which will be played on the 16th of November at 6 p.m. local time in Amman, Jordan. Sahand, how do you expect the team to line up? Uh, well, I think that it's probably not too hard to predict the lineup because there's like players out, and Tarami's not available, and John Bash is out. So I think the only real question is, is he going to play... Who is he going to play on one of the wings? Because I think he's going to play Holiza there again. So just a question of who's going to take the left wing spot and maybe one of the midfield spots. But I think, uh, you know, I guess goalkeeper is like an interesting one because I think uh, earlier we were talking about Bayron Vanden. I don't think Bayron Vanden's been bad for Team Medley recently. I think some people are saying like he's made mistakes and stuff. I didn't really... I mean, maybe the South Korea goal, like a little bit, his positioning was off, but he made a good save in that game too. Uh, he's playing regularly now for Boa Vista and per the Portuguese sources and analysts, he's doing fine. Um, I mean, he's conceded some goals, but they're quite a weak team, but he's playing fine. And he is improving, I think, with his fit skills and his aerial exits, especially. But I think Amir deserves some time for Team Medley. I don't know how, you know, other people see that situation. I know a lot of people want him to just be the starter. But I think at the minimum, you know, he's been playing at a high level for three years. He deserves a game. I mean, he can play a game against Syria. That's okay. It doesn't mean Bayron that's out. But, you know, one game, you know, see what Amir can do, keep him uh, involved and you know, make sure he's get some practice with the back four. Um, and I don't think that would bring our level down. You could even argue right now it brings our level up. But I think he will probably stick with Bayron Vand. Mohar um, Rami, he's going to play. I mean, he doesn't so far rotate him at all, which is interesting because Sadeg is pretty injury prone so far in Croatia. And he's coming off a long injury. And, you know, even though he's playing quite well there now, back in form, back in the starting eleven. They're very wary about playing him like in quick succession. So he'll like maybe play the Europa League game and then he won't play the league game or something like that because of his, you know, knee problems and stuff. So, but Scotch has shown he doesn't want to rotate him at all. He's going to play him every 90. Um, you know, we have players maybe like Haridoni and Ismaili Faru could have helped with that, but I think he'll stick with him again. Um, and center back, the same situation. The, the, both of those guys are going to play Kanoni and Shojo. And then left back, I think this is the one we were talking about. You know, is he going to go with Amiri there again and move him up in minute 50 when the midfield looks like a, a giant hole? Probably not. You would think that now he was just going to play a left back there. I know Milod has his problems, but the last time he played, he was without a club and he was quite, you know, out of form, out of shape. But I mean, now he's a starter for AEK or whatever that's worth. So it's better than nothing. I'm mean, probably going to play him which lets you play Amiri in the midfield, which lets you play, uh, I mean, Ezzatullahi is going to be the defensive midfielder. And then I think he's going to play Nurullahi. I mean, Nurullahi scored. Uh, he didn't play very good at all. Uh, his passing was very erratic as usual, but he has certain qualities uh, that they like. 
I think Kenny Balkady really likes him from this time in Paris Police, and they're going to keep selecting him. And I think that's just going to be their midfield going forward. Um, and then up front, like we said, Kolizad is going to start. Oswin is going to start. It's just a question of who's going to start on that other spot with John Bash out. I think, I think it'll be I think it'll be Alayar's head, man. And I think so too. I think I, he has a good chance to start. I think his performance, he showed stuff in this cameo. I mean, he was put on with it onto the field when we were showing no structure in our play, no passing pattern, no coherent movement or game plan. But even there, you know, he showed some good things. He was taking people on, he made one decent opening. Um, he gave the ball away a couple times, but I think that's normal. And these were his first national team minutes. I think that if Skocic had given him some playing time in the past few months when he was also playing very good and deserved a call-up, if he had given him you know, 20 minutes off the bench here and there, he would be in a much better position to start uh, against Syria and succeed. But I think as it is, Skocic probably saw enough to just start him and he will start there. And that's good for Osmoon because yeah, you know, like he, he gets see. to have that... Even if he doesn't play, I don't think Osmond needs to play with the, another striker, but the winger, at least one of them, if the profile is somebody who's going to be a little bit closer yeah. to him in the box, a physical profile to yeah. you know create some space for him, I think that does help, and I yeah. think that'll that's, work out. That's what... That's what the 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 tarby under Carlos Queiroz did, wasn't it? He played him as like a as a a target a wide target man, as they call it. You know, somebody who's a striker. He's like a they call it like a seven point five. You know, he's a striker, but he's also playing, but he's starting from a wide position. You know what I mean? He is a, he is a striker in the team, but he he starts out wide. You know, but you get wingers who also start a little bit more central. You know, that happens. That happens a lot in teams. So, uh, I mean, I think, I think that works very well for us because, I mean, even if you remember Taremi's games in the national team prior to switching to the 4 4 2, which I actually think limits Taremi and Osmond yes. sometimes because they're so close to each other and it's easier to mark them if they're within a five, you know, meter box, uh, five by five box, as opposed to one being on the left and one being central. But, anyways, you, you know, you could remember games like, you know, that Russia game, that friendly when Taremi took the ball, he made basically 70 meters carry and a perfect pass to Osmond for the finish, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the World Cup when Taremi was obviously doing a great job on the left-hand side. Yeah. So I think that that works well. Alohir can play there. And Alohir actually, you could even argue, is maybe more suited to that role than Taremi yeah, because of his speed. And I mean, he plays there. very fast. And yeah, he usually plays wing in Ukraine. Yeah. So he's going to offer defensive support for Milad, I think, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it will. I think it should work out, you know, well if Skocic goes with that. All right. So let's move on slightly. Let's speak about Syria. Obviously, Syria drew against Iraq one-one on Tuesday, um, and they're sitting bottom of the table. What do you make of them as opponents? I think they're going to be a hard opponent because I think. The last time we played them, we barely beat them 1-0, and we were missing half of the, the strike force that's basically our creative force, too, of Taremi and Osmond, because Osmond was out. Um, and we saw that Taremi struggled alone. Um, and Syria have improved since then. You know, they brought back now uh, Al-Soma, who's back, and he scored a great goal against Iraq, and Kherbin is there. I believe Kherbin's out for this game. Oh, I he believe. is out? Yeah, I believe he's out. Okay, but still, you know, that's Soma... Al Soma is a good player, I think, and he he can score goals if they feed him. Uh, 
I was going to say, you know, the combination of those two was always very hard for us to contain, even in the last round, uh, last cycle, like 2018. But, you know, one of them still could be a threat. And I think they're going to play uh, a very physical style, probably even more physical than Lebanon, who I actually didn't think they were super physical. They just kept bringing the medic on, which was weird. But I don't think Syria will do that. But I think Syria will play very aggressive, very physical, deep block. And it's going to be a similar game in a lot of ways. But um, And it's interesting to see if the team can show and the technical staff are going to show any new ideas because it's going to be a similar puzzle to solve. Um, and we just saw what happened. So we have some ideas of what didn't work. So now can we try some new things uh, that do work? And that's going to be the key thing. Yeah. Is it going to be an easy win or another very hard, you know, stressful game? Well, next thing I want to speak about is what are our keys to victory in this match? And I have to say, for me, it's making quality use of our possession because we'll keep possession against Syria. We did it against Lebanon. We did it against Syria as well when we played in the first time. We'll keep possession really well. I do believe that. Said in this game against Lebanon was really good. I thought he kept possession well for us. He created a couple of chances. I don't know if he met the one that Gorezadeh crossed in and there was no one at the back post. There was a couple of good chances he created on his own. But we need to create more of those chances that are a little bit more clear-cut and have bodies in the box, you know. And I feel like Alayar, if he does start this game, can be a big influence on do we get the bodies in the box to score goals early enough, you know. Because if it just happens once or twice and we put a cross in, there's only one player in there, Syria are good enough to defend that. You know, they can defend against an Osmond if they want to, if it's like three against one. Right, but when you got an Alayar and Sadar Osmoon, it's a little bit harder. That's very important. The second thing is, I said this before, is when we get our fullbacks forward, like Muharami and Mirad Muhammadi, if he start, if he does start, is getting them in the key areas of the pitch. A lot of times, Muharami in the in this game, Baidamiri, were getting forward, but they were getting forward in very isolated areas. They weren't able to do one twos you know, isolate, isolate the, the, the opposing fullback in a 2v1 situation and, and you know, create a little bit of space in behind. We were pretty much, it was pretty much one against one every single time. And that's not what Moharami always wants to do. He wants to be able to isolate the, the fullback. And that's very important that we have a little bit of creativity, whether it's playing the ball into midfield, playing it back out again, and then going wide. Because I feel like a few times we were forcing the ball out wide too, too, it was too obvious. It was too, um, it was too telegraphed, in my opinion. Everything was too telegraphed. So a little bit more creativity in the middle to create plays out wide will be, will be very important. I think, like you say, you know, the thing with making the most of your possession, I would just ask, like, you know, we have certain players of a certain profile in this squad. Most of them are legionnaires. So we have, like... Uh, somebody like Yasina Salmoni from Sepahan. But these are all like kind of attacking or creative players that play either in the wing or midfield zones. And on a consistent basis, we've gotten so little out of them in the past months. I know John Bach has scored a few goals, but I think we can all pretty safely say his performances have been subpar for Team Medley. And 
the other ones have given basically either not played at all, not given any chances, or not produced much. And so I think one major puzzle that the coaching staff has to address is what are we going to do to get more out of these players? Because they're important players. They're playing at a good level in Europe, most of them. We need to see some production, you know. It can't just be the solution for everything is change Vahid Amiri from left back to midfield and then hope he does something. And that's not a sustainable solution for a team that wants to go to the round of 16 in a World Cup. And it's not going to work. Or the solution just can't be, okay, Osmuna Taremi, we're going to bring Taremi down to the halfway line, have him collect the ball and make something. That's not going to work either on a consistent basis in the World Cup. So we have a pool of talented attacking midfielders, wingers, uh, second strikers. You can even add somebody like Goyedi to that list, somebody like Torabi. Well, we got to get something out of them. And that yeah. has to be on the coaching staff. Predictions for the match, Sahan? I think that we're going to win uh, 2-0. Yeah, I think, I think we'll do better than we did the first time against Syria, even though it's um, away from home. I still feel like... I feel like we can do better than we did against the, in the first time. I think I think two zero or two one is a is a realistic scoreline. And also keep in mind that our it seems like a typical pattern with these games where we have the no friendly situation, which is just because of the way the FIFA calendar is right now. There's no space for friendlies. Uh, our first games are usually our weaker games. So like the UAE game, we were terrible. Uh, even the first game of that Bahrain, you know, Bahrain series of games, you know, the first half we were horrible against Bahrain. So it seems like the team, uh, the two training sessions before just aren't enough. And it takes them like one ninety minutes to show a little bit of a higher performance in the second game usually. So I think we're going to probably play better than the Lebanon game. All right, let's go to fan questions then to finish off. Uh, let's get the first question on Twitter from at Picap for Life 10. Shouldn't Bear should should play against Syria due to Bayron Van's recent performances? I think we already answered that. I would say yes. I don't think Bayron Van's been absolutely terrible, but I think there's a need for a slight change in that position. I think that position can always go a little bit stale. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it can go a little bit stale. I think goalkeepers are very important that they get the game that they get the game time. So hopefully um he does start, but I don't think so. I don't think he will change it. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, let's go to the next question we got from PersianFootball.com uh, forum. Uh, we got the question from user Nohodi. He asks, why are our players so hot and cold with Team Meli? He gives examples of Koliza, Dekotus, and Moharami. San? Well, I don't think we can say they're bad players because Koliza is probably the best one of the best top five players in Belgium right now who is regularly impacting Premier League games Moharami is a starter in the Europa League so they're they can't be bad but I think that the structure that the national team uh, has in place right now I mean the tactical instructions the, the shape the zones that they're working, you mentioned about the fullbacks. Why are they not making combinations in certain areas? Why is their positioning in a way where their only option is a sideways pass inside every single time or across to nobody? You know, those are the sort of things that make players look so hot and cold, uh, especially in the offensive phase. So um, I think this that we need to do more to get 
maximize the potential they have because they're not bad players and they can offer a lot. And it's just about getting them in spots where they can show what they can do and they can combine properly. And I think a lot of that is on the, the staff. Uh, certain things I would say like defensive mistakes that I've seen, that doesn't really come from uh, the tactics yeah. necessarily, but the focus and are the players in the right place mentally? Are they being prepared to the same degree mentally that maybe they were before? Like attention to detail in the defensive phase. Yeah. Is that happening? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But I don't remember before seeing these kind of mistakes like Mohair Rami, like letting Son go behind him like that. That was weird. Um, I think we need to be, at, I would say, a little more aggressive in the defensive phase. You know, sometimes we're deep and we our shape is okay, but then we're not getting close enough to close the guys down and letting them have time to do stuff. Yeah, so. it's also quite interesting because you look at like um, a lot of European teams and our and a lot of our starters have played in Europe or or are playing in Europe just now. And a lot of those teams that they play for, most of them have a pressing system in their team. You know, whether they press from, from the front, from the front line to the centre backs of the opposing team, or they, they allow the, the pressure to come up to the halfway line and then they press the ball. In this, I don't see a lot of, of that. I think I think I'd like to see Skocic in, implement a, a pressing system because he has players who can do that. He has Vaidamiri. He has, as you mentioned, Nurlahi, who's got that kind of ability to do that. And if Alayar Saad Manish does start, Tarami, when he comes back, these players have good fitness and good legs to run. I believe we can implement a pressing system from the front line. Yeah. You know? And I think another thing is, I mean, like you've seen it in parts. We saw like against Iraq in the 3-0 game that there was yeah. a pressing system for like, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, you know. But why in the next games it disappeared? Why yeah. against Lebanon there seems to be, you know, such a strange uh, thing going on without the ball where uh, we know that these players are looking for fouls and we keep giving them fouls. So, I mean, just in general, that's another thing with like the identity of the team. Like you would expect all these Asian teams are pretty similar level that we could keep a coherent pressing structure uh, for, for most of these games, right? And build on that and, and optimize it. But it doesn't yes. really seem like it's happening. Last question comes from Better Call Medic on Instagram. <laughs> I love that name. He asks an interesting question. He asks, why isn't there a proper sports psychologist in the coaching staff of Team Melly? The players tend to behave a little bit emotionally um, when things going, aren't going their way. Um, I mean, in my opinion, and I think this is a good one because I, I obviously, actually, if you don't know, I, I obviously have studied coaching myself, but the, the, the psycho sports psychology is a very... It has a bit, a really big grey area within the sports profession. In the national team, you only get you only get to see the players like I don't know a couple of weeks, and then they're away again with the clubs. Sports psychologists, from my experience, tend to prefer um, players to be there over a period of time, longer periods of time, so that they can work with them you know, longer rather than having them in short bursts because sports psychology isn't like giving someone a pill. Sometimes you do that, but not always. Most of the time it's it's a prescription through talking to them and understanding understanding what they really want and, and getting the best out of the session is actually over a period of time. So sports psychologists could help, 
But that should have that should have happened when Scotchage first came in. Because if you add one in now, I don't think there's gonna be much effect on the players. You know, I would but... actually give credit to Scotchage on this sports psychology part. Because I think that Team Melli, they especially in those first four games, he really calmed them down. Uh, and in general, moving forward, they seem to be less I mean, this Lebanon game was horrible. I mean, tactically speaking, I thought, but in general, like they seem to be a, have a calmer demeanor, and I think Karim Balkari helps with that. I think he's an effective communicator and such. Um, yeah, so I would actually say that on a sports psychology side, we're not doing too bad yet. Obviously, we haven't been put in a super dangerous position yet to see right. really what's going to happen. That that's when it really matters. But in general, I think he has done okay to understand the player's psyche and where they're at. Yes. Okay. Thanks so much, uh, Sahan. Also, a big thank you to Pejman, who was on earlier on in the podcast. He had to leave a little bit early. Don't forget, we'll have an article before the before the game on our website, globalzampodcast.com, uh, covering the match, uh, pre-match um, article. We'll also do live spaces before and after kickoff on Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. To follow us on all social media. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Castbox. And yeah, thanks again, Sahan, and we'll see you guys very, very soon. All for Team Melly. Hello, my name is Alaya Sayyad Manish. You are listening to Gulbazan Podcast.